Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Constructing the Clubhouse, the world's number one comedy podcast about starting and running a comedy club in Barcelona. I am your host, Dr. Matthew John Murthy. Joining me, my beautiful co-host, John Ellis. What's up, everybody? And today, this is a special Constructing the Clubhouse because we are reporting remotely yeah. via the Micro Comedy Club in Nantes. Joining us is its uh, co-owner and, I don't know, Friend of the like, clubhouse. And a big, yeah, friend of the clubhouse, uh, Johan. Hey, hello everyone. Nice to have you guys here. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah good to be here. Our first crossover episode. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, Johan, you, you were there for the, the birth of the clubhouse at Pub Limerick about two years ago, right? Maybe the second day after you opened it. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah it was crazy. crazy. Amazing. You hid it in the basement for us. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Johan was there for all of like the the like really big special first first moments when we got, the cops came because we were we had too many people in the bar, I think was the complaint. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was because it's um after the uh, after the lockdown. Oh uh, yeah. You had, to, you had to close at five PM and uh, it was like Big day, big day. A lot of people in the audience, a lot of love, and uh, everyone gets crazy. No and one it, wanted to leave. It was like 6.30, yeah, I think, yeah, by the time yeah, the yeah. came. Like, guys, let's be here. Guys, okay, we're gonna close the curtains now. You can smoke inside, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the cops came in. I remember you. They, Yo, go to the basement, go to the basement. Yeah, <laughs> stressful stuff. <gasps> stressful yeah. stuff. I, I, I wonder what the deal was with the cops, because they didn't find anyone. But they also didn't want to find stuff in general. They were kind of, they were very, very nice to us, right? They were basically yeah. saying, look, I can see there's 14 things wrong with this place. <laughs> the upstairs. So they're like, I don't want to go downstairs because I know I'm going to find like a million more things. And they, they did go downstairs, but they just didn't look. And they didn't turn on any of the lights. Yeah, so yeah. we had about six or eight people hiding. And then, like, me standing on top of the toilet in the bathroom, yeah. and then, yeah, a whole bunch of people were huddling in the back. You were apparently yeah. giggling yeah. the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the back, and uh, we saw with the dogs. With a, with a dog, we had Jimsy ah, was there as yeah. well. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot about the dogs. But we saw the cops going down, and it was like Terminator. Like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. So afraid. And uh, we saw him, you know, because the light from upstairs, we saw this. Is uh, sorry, my French silhouette, mm -hmm. and uh, it was like searching for the, uh, the light, and it's like, oh, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and just turn the back and go yeah. upstairs. And, oh, fuck. They couldn't find the light switch, so they just yeah. came up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't want to have to ask where the light switch was. Oh my gosh. And in the end, they were lucky. most annoyed about our, our fire extinguisher status, I think. Yeah, we, they were out of date, right? So that, that's something we got sorted very quickly. Yep. We thought maybe they'd come back. But we were supposed to get a fine. We never got a fine for it. We never... Knock on wood. Good fine. We've, um, we've escaped by the skin of our teeth numerous times. Yeah, that's <laughs> the clubhouse. Yeah, so uh, we're here today, right, Johan? Because you, you saw the just blazing success of the comedy clubhouse. <laughs> just the yeah. absolute Impressive. fucking... Impressive. Like, paper mill what if I do that but cash yeah. machine is <laughs> nicer and you decided to return to your home in Nantes the shithole city that it is to start your own club yeah what um, happened there actually I had the idea before before we are looking for place but it took us maybe two years to find the, the place mm -hmm. and uh, there is a covid lockdown so we have a big break about it and uh, when I came in Barcelona I found you like just doing my dream but yeah. in, uh, in Barcelona and uh, yeah it was amazing say guys just use me <laughs> I'm gonna be your slave and, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yes I want to learn I want to learn and it was really good uh, a lot of ideas because of you guys oh, awesome. yeah, That's yeah, awesome. yeah. it was really like a golden age of French comedy in Barcelona yeah um, at the time because there was this crazy. mass exodus from France <laughs> no one could do stand-up there like everything was closed in Barcelona you could do shows like one o'clock and three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and my, my gig was uh, Saturday, 1 p.m. And uh, when I started, no one would show, show up. It's so early. And uh, maybe every time it was sold out, I think. Maybe one, one gig was not sold out, but a lot of people. And they were drinking like uh, it was evening. Yeah, crazy, yeah. people so. were just so excited to be in a bar and be around other people. Um, 
yeah, there was just a huge excitement yeah. around all of that at the time. And a lot of French comedians are the craziest one because they were, all, you know, it's a big thing to move to another country. Now you know you see, yeah. but uh, it was biggest for us because it was on the, against the law. I didn't have the right to cross the border to come in. Uh, oh, in Spain. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I need a, like a great track. Oh, break in the <laughs> so did you drive down? No, no, no. I took, um, I, um, I turned crazy about it because I was really afraid about the, the, the fine. And uh, the thing is, if you get caught by the cops, you get like 600 euros fine and you have to turn back. So it's oh, like a big fail, you know? Brutal, yeah. I took two trains, one train to go near the border and the other one to to be like with the um, worker, uh, you know, the nearest worker. Yeah. And pretend like I was a worker from France going back in Spain and uh, I was in the train and um, I've, uh, I was afraid about the cops inside the train, you know, like yeah. with regular clothes. So when I took my bag to get up, I said, mm, I'm terrible. <laughs> to pretend to Order be Spanish, <laughs> but after I realized that Diamo is Italian. <laughs> <laughs> what a rock and roll era of, Man. of comedy. That was when we were throwing yeah. fridges out of the hotel window, you know? That, yeah. was our, <laughs> that was our moment in time when we were, we were doing that. It was our Woodstock, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but that time always reminded I always fantasized about like World War Two, right? Like in like occupied France during well, the lockdowns. Hiding in the basement from the authorities. Yeah. <laughs> Felt like that, yeah. Much lower stakes. A little bit lower stakes, yeah. Well, I mean, quite lower stakes. What? When 600 euros is all that you have, it, it's basically your life. Um, Johan, so we're now in, what is the space that we're in? Like, what, tell us how you, so. Was Again, you, you were amazed by John and I's like a yeah. brilliance. And yeah, let's focus on that a little more, actually. No, no, <laughs> no. but the, I want to know, like, so you, you found this place eventually, right? You went back to France. So, uh, we and met the guys who owned the bar next to it. Uh, it was uh, the pub 80. Mm -hmm. And uh, now we merge to make a micro comedy club and a micro bar. And um, we met the guys who were the owner, and they took this place because they didn't want uh, another bar or you know something like with uh, girls again because it was the uh, old brothel, brothel, and um, they had the place, but no idea about what to do. In okay. It. And uh, we met because uh, Maxime, my uh, partner, is a DJ too, and uh, the owner are DJ. So they met in a DJ party, you know. I said, ah, oh, we have a place, but no idea to what to do uh, in it. And Maxime said, oh, we are looking for a place to do a community club. Yeah. Uh, come, just see the place, if it's okay. And uh, it was like, everything was destroyed. Just uh, concrete walls, concrete roof. There were like electric uh, cable uh, on the roof, nothing. And said, Maybe ten days of work and it's gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> and a two two months and a half after yeah, we are burning. <laughs> oh man, um, it's really cool the, the way that you've decorated it though. We we love you won't be able to see it, but there's a, a patch of old wall that you've yeah. left exposed for everyone. And you've they've done like a, a picture frame around it, so they've just left this little box of the old wall, and it really looks like some kind of abstract. Uh, and it's and it's lit like a painting also. I mean, when, I, when we walked in, like, I looked at it and I was like, oh, I've seen paintings like that. Yeah, Honestly, yeah, people are saying this, huh? it's, a, it's a scam, basically. In fact, <laughs> I have a painting, not, it, it's not three-dimensional, it's not textured like yours, but I had the, the color scheme and the kind of the, I don't know, the blocking of colors is the same. So I have good taste. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, it's a scam because we are so... Tired about to make the world clean, uh, the world clean, and uh, I said, hey, just make big pictures and no work on it, and we're gonna. Uh, yeah, really I love that you just couldn't be bothered, so you turned like a bug into a feature, yeah. you know. It is the same thing for here. So there is um, the wall, and uh, uh, here it was like all cracked, and we start to take it out, and say, hey, let's do a, a full wall of uh, stones, and yeah. beautiful, and. Uh, it was like five hours of work to do this little park. I said, well, just 
It's, it's going to see on the bus. Yeah, okay. It's a feature now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what we meant all along. So this was already here. You, you had to peel that away. You didn't put this concrete no, on. No, 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 no. It's already concrete. You can see the metallic port that we left. Okay, I got and you. Sometimes it's uh, tricky when you hit this and the mic, you cannot. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so the guy next door didn't want a bar here, but then he was fine for you to have a comedy club here where you were selling drinks and all that. In yeah. his view, that wasn't like direct competition. Or yeah, whatever. exactly, exactly. Okay. Um, so you started out by renting just this space. Uh, this one, the, the bar, after this one, and uh, we made the comedy club. And now we are in a few months, uh, we're going to have the third one, just on the right. The front of the comedy club. It's gonna be a full like a car wash, right? You go in, <laughs> you go in at the start here. You get your, your early evening drink. You have some hummus and some uh, some sausage, and then you come to the comedy show. You see awesome comedy show, and then next door going this way, they're gonna have a a club like a nightclub. Um, so, um, the name's gonna be uh, and it's a uh, it's a news as uh, a micro owned the micro ave. Microwave. 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 Because of wave, music, and uh, I'm gonna put some DJ in it, and it's gonna be micro bar, micro comedy club, micro onde. <laughs> That's cool. And that seems a DJ already. Uh, yeah, 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 it's a DJ already, but we want uh, a lot of um, local DJ and uh, maybe a DJ from another place. Uh, we want to make something like uh, with our own image and uh, yeah. way of doing things. So I'm, I'm a little curious, uh, when you guys were restoring this place and decorating, how did you come about on the, how did you decide on the decor? How much did it cost? You said it took you two and a half months to actually get it into a, a, a place that, you know, you're happy with. Like we caught so much shit because we didn't wait those two and a half months. We, <laughs> we started, when we changed locations, we moved out of Limerick yeah. and moved into Camis now. And uh, we started with like a cooler of beer and a, just a table to act as our bar. Okay, so yeah. it's empty. It completely we were, empty. We were raring to go. Oh, man, yeah. Um, should have waited. <laughs> yeah. Maybe should have waited, I don't know. Well, or maybe somebody shouldn't have invested the club's money in a piss pond. We did have a couple of like wild expenses early on that made no sense. We had the piss pot, which was what, like a thousand euros, yeah. and then I had the coin uh, smelting. No, that kit. not a waste at all. Thanks, man. Not at all, man. You've seen how people clamor for those coins. People I do love the coins. Believe in that a hundred percent. I, I will make them believe in the piss pond one of these days when I grow some fucking hops. <laughs> the but, first uh, thing I noticed huh, when I came in the what is it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's an attraction. Yeah, yeah, it's an attraction. Attraction, attraction, who knows? Yeah. Depends, on the, depends on the person. But I, I understand the idea that it might not have been a priority when we moved in. Mm. I, I recognize that. Especially we didn't have tables, yes, yes. Yeah, we so didn't have a bar, we didn't have <laughs> anything. Hey guys, I have a fishbone! Yeah. What? Yeah. Anyway, when we start for the... Um, uh, it was a nightmare. Yeah. Really, really, it was two months and a half of nightmare because we didn't see the end. It was a lot of surprise, and um, we start with finding where the stage is gonna be, because uh, if you don't know where is the stage, you don't know uh, about the electricity, mm -hmm. about the placement of the seats, the bar. The bar it was quite uh, easy for us because um, it was already there, but really, really big. Was, uh, the bar was half of the room. Mm -hmm. It was coming oh, wow. to the. Uh, this place here, so we needed a little one to put a lot of people in it. And uh, it took us maybe two weeks to find where the stage is. Uh, at the start, it was in the back, naturally. Yeah. Yes, okay. and all the people, but uh, uh, in Nantes now, we're a lot working in 180 degrees. We want to be in the middle, like you. Like you yeah, well, yeah. that's actually interesting because there's some suggestions, often frequent suggestions, that we change the layout of the room to be more up and down. So you started off with it up and down. I don't know if that's the best way to say that. Uh, and you switched to horizontal. Um, yeah, horizontal is better for stand-up, I think. Yeah. Because you... I've come, I've come around on that too. I yeah. think I, think I agree. Yeah. Because when, when you're in the, like in the back, you know, and uh, all the people are in the front, you have some people, you, you can't reach them. 
you know, if it's time to, to speak, yeah, with, with the light you can see them, they are away, uh, and uh, if they don't feel like in the show and want to speak with yeah. each other, it's really hard. Hey, you, you, what? For hey, sure, hey, so. hey, speak to me. When you are in the middle, you can see the white of the eyes of everyone. Yeah, yeah. So you can say, hey, and... Uh, hey, buddy, shut up. <laughs> For sure. Um, so you, I guess, especially for the way that you've set up this room, the horizontal makes even more sense because it's, mm. it's like fluffy chairs and pillows and, and quite spread out table style seating, which is obviously a decision that you made. We made the opposite decision, which is like, <laughs> we're going to try and fit in as many people into the room as we possibly can. Well, we started out with tables. Mm. Yeah, I guess, I guess we did just the little tables. Yeah. What did we start with? Like forty seats and tables. Yeah, well, we bought the bought the seats as we could afford them. Yeah. Um, so we sort of expanded the amount of amount of seats as we get. Now we're up to about eighty seats. Yeah. And maybe we'll buy more soon. So I'm, I'm tempted to try with the the clubhouse. I mean, you've seen it. I'm tempted to try a Sunday to Thursday different system where we have like six tables around the place and like. I don't know. Six tables are, tables are important because it's a part of the experience for the user. That uh, it's very cool to see a show and just can be able to put your drinks, you know. Because if you look at the show for one hour with a beer at the end, it's not like you have to be focused, you know, to don't. You break a lot of glasses. Break a lot of glasses. Seems like it feels a bit like a, a McDonald's drive-through type situation as well. Because <laughs> sort of like, I don't know, pile as many people in as quick as you can, and then you pile them out real quick, and it's not. We could put drink holders on the back of chairs. <laughs> we have talked about that. Yeah, I think we need heavier, bigger chairs. Yeah, that's true. But that's a that's a potential option. And you have place to yeah, like you said, take some tables, take it away if you have a lot of people. If it's less, put some mm -hmm. tables, manage it. And but even as you have it here, I mean, you could fit, still with tables, you could fit another 20 chairs in, I would imagine. It's like very comfortably spread out. Um, I don't know, I'd, I'd be tempted to shove more in. Um, yeah. One thing we want to do is, uh, we are not looking to get a lot of people, but really on the user mm -hmm. experience, and after we want to make a lot of shows. So we prefer to have two shows with less people than one big show and the other one is half. Empty, you know? Sure. That's uh, that's the meaning. So, what's your? How many shows you? I mean, last night obviously two sold out shows in what? English. Uh, <laughs> thanks to our faces not being on the poster at all, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I then you had. think about that and said, "Hey guys, send me your pictures." Nothing. Said, oh, let's go just English night. Oh, did you ask for <laughs> yeah, our pictures? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not bad. Oh, yeah. no. But I can't believe I did. So yeah, I know I the real comedians that we're useless <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, so two show, sold, out, sold out shows last night, and then the show before was sold out as well, yeah, yeah, at, yeah, at yeah, 7 yeah. o'clock. Uh, for a week, by week, maybe around 15 shows. 15 sold out shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not week. all sold. Why now it's sold out? Because it's a peak time for us. January, February, March, it's a peak time because there is no terrace. Mm. There is no outside uh, yeah, no thing because be... uh, it's France, it's fucking cold. Sure. So people want to get in yes, some warm place, drink some alcohol in the dark to listen jokes. Uh, mm. And after the beginning of April, it's the beginning of the, of the end. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, April, June, July, we start to reduce the number of shows we have every week. And uh, end of July, we just... Uh, but basically your aim is to reduce the amount of shows in accordance with the audience. So yeah. like the shows are still full, but you might do like, I don't know, eight shows a week instead of yeah. Yeah, yeah, 15 yeah. or 20. Because for the experience, is better when the audience is full. Totally. You have this kind of anonymity. You know, that people can laugh and don't feel like they are judged. Mm -hmm. You know, like, ah, I don't want to. That's like it jokes. the opposite of what we're <laughs> doing. Uh, we have lots and lots of shows and uh, many of them are not very full. Uh, we uh, different structure because you guys like as a micro comedy club. You and Maxime produce the shows yourselves, book the comedians. How does it work from like a, um, a showrunner perspective? Maxime is uh, booking the comedians, and uh, me, I am the um, shit manager. 
Like uh, if like yesterday, yesterday in the micro bar just next to it, you have a electricity shutdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have if you ask Maxim to turn the electricity on, you're dead. <laughs> you're basically dead. And, uh, yes, sorry. <laughs> you're not a ship manager. You manage the ship. Yeah, okay, yeah I misunderstood yeah. that for a yeah, second. Yeah. My job is uh, to make it works and you're um, a fixer. Yeah, a fixer, and I am the middleman because uh, we have some partners who are already on the business side of the thing. Oh, I see. And Maxime uh, and Kevin who are really in the artistic. I gotcha. Uh, and me, I am in the middle because I have half of my brain on the business things and half of my brain on stand-up artistic things. Mm-hmm. And I try to make it right. So now, guys, it's too much business. Now, guys, it's too much artistic to find the middle way. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that you had other partners behind, but there was at least twice last night, there was a couple of people that were like, this guy, Johan, is a fantastic businessman. <laughs> and then after we did our show, someone came up and was like, the reason this place is making so much money yeah. is this guy right here, Johan. Uh, so how much money is this place making? Uh, it's, it's a French thing. We don't like to, to talk about money, but I really don't care. Uh, you don't really don't have to, we've got no, some trouble I try to remember, uh, we are surprised because last year, so we opened, uh, we made our anniversary in December, we opened the okay, 9th nice. of December 20, 2021, yes, that's it, and uh, so we have a full year, and we made more than 100,000 euros of tickets. Wow. So, Total sold, not including the bar? No, without the bar. Without the bar, wow. Just okay. only, only tickets. Um, that's excellent. That's really, really excellent. And yeah. this year is going to be better. That's so because, cool. Uh, we have, uh, in France, we have, uh, like, uh, it's not us, actually. Mm-hmm. It's every stage existing in France just working. It's, uh, everyone is sold out. Uh, actually, you're in France, uh, you want to do stand-up, you go in any kind of bar. You make a little bit of communication and uh, people want stand up. Yeah. yeah, it does feel like there's this kind of boom. Yeah, yeah. so you, you're make, probably making more from your tickets than you are from your bar. Um, 50-50. Wow. 50-50. What's an average night at the bar, Holden? Uh, this is not my part, so I don't really don't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's 1,000, 1,500 by, by night, but for two locations. Because yeah. for the comedy club and the bar too, so maybe 700 each. Mm-hmm. Wow. We yeah. did, just for comparison, we did 100,000 in the last year overall, including like the bar and ticket sales and everything like that. Yeah. About 100,000 in incoming and 102,000 in outgoing. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. But you guys are crazy. It's to, to make this kind of place in, in English, in Barcelona, it's really amazing that uh, it's uh, twice odds than us as we, we can reach 100 other people around. Well, that's why we're half as successful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm looking, I've been looking at the Google search numbers and stuff like that, and there's 8,000 people in Barcelona search for Monologos Barcelona, the Spanish version, okay. and like 400 people search for stand-up comedy. And even some of those are Spanish people that just know stand-up comedy is the word. So, yeah, it is, I think, a, a, a hill we decided to climb from early on. I'd like to start doing Spanish, more Spanish shows ourselves at some stage. Maybe. You don't care? No. We'd need another okay. room, because we don't want to compromise any English. I'd like to start doing more comedy myself. I don't know about <laughs> you, Johnny. Yeah. Have you, has yeah, has sure. that been a struggle for you at all? Like, trying to balance the business side of it with... With yeah. the performance side of it, for me, it's very difficult. But yeah. uh, at the start, um, at the start, yes, because uh, when we were working here to open it for no time, and I was working every day, and sometimes I have some gigs, I have to end here at 8, uh, now 6 p.m., go to my place, wash myself, go to do the gigs, and I was like exhausted. And I uh, didn't have any time to write uh, new materials. Mm-hmm. And uh, after when we opened, uh, I had a rush, an artistic rush, that oh, uh, cool. I didn't even need to write. Because with all this energy and new things coming in my life, I had a lot of new jokes just coming on stage. Yeah. And it was really, really good. I said, oh, no, I don't, I don't need anymore to write. But for two months, and after it's 
it was gone. Yeah, dried up. And uh, it's uh, now, as we're making more money, uh, we can have more people to help us. And uh, yeah, you seem to have a pretty big staff here. We have two people in the bar. Uh, with the third one uh, helping when you know one is sick and uh, <laughs> wants okay. some holidays, uh, workers on holidays. <laughs> 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 and now, uh, actually, today I'm gonna have a, a new girl. Uh, she's going to do regisseur. Um, it's like the people who you know um, bring the people in, control the tickets, uh, and answer the. Uh, Customer question, and so all the job you saw me doing, I did at the door, nice. taking yeah. tickets. Now we're gonna have people for, yeah, that. So and, uh, for that. And you had a, a tech person last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was for you guys. It was the students who organized oh, uh, the yeah. show, and they were four. And they asked me. Uh, no, no. The, the the skinny dude work in the sound machine. The soundboard. Um, he's oh, the, he's yeah. the guy that said that you were the one making everybody. Alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a partner. Oh, he's oh, yeah, it's a partner. Yeah, 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 it's a partner. It's uh, we were with Maxim, both of us at the start, and after he came, he came in, and uh, actually we have six partners, I think. There's Maxim, me, Kevin, uh, Pierre Henry, which is the uh, best French name. <laughs> Pierre, Pierre Henry. Pierre Henry is a day worker. It's uh, a, okay. yeah, he's working the day, and after he has a family. And so after five uh, five p.m. is out. So he, wait, what's he doing during the day? Uh, all the stuff uh, we can do, like uh, talking with uh, accountants, uh, with the lawyers, with the bankers. With, uh, oh, he's uh, kind of like a business uh, manager. Yeah, yeah, it's a business part, you know. And um, <coughs> that's good because uh, when we met him, it was really business, 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 and now he's starting to have a really good sign of uh, a good look about the artistic thing, especially stand-up. And uh, that's him that he found the big gigs that I'll show you. Mm -hmm. Because we made a gig in the biggest nightclub in Nantes. Oh, yeah. It was like uh, 360 people who are, uh, we are performing in the middle of the people. And then yeah. he finds he find this, uh, this plan. And you filmed a really cool like video for it as well. You, 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 do you have a production team that you hire? It looked, from what we saw, it looked like you had a drone going on. How did that all uh, break It down? was Remy, another partner, he's the uh, last, uh, last one, and uh, he's a professional filmmaker. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah he's making a lot of contests, uh, you know, for a short film, he's making... Uh, That's our Andy Perez. Actually, you saw, uh, no, I think you saw him on TV for the World Cup. Because he was in the um, advertisement for you know um, sporting bets. Oh, okay. And was one of the guy was making. Hmm. And uh, he made in Varsovia this picture. This just for three seconds of an advertisement, he went to Varsovia to film it and go back in France. It was crazy. And um, at this gig, he was with uh, maybe four people. We were working for free, like benevolent. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was the guy who works the, the most. This night. Yeah. As we were chilling, you know, in the artistic room, and uh, wow, it's gonna be great. And I saw him running away. He had like four cameras. Uh, it wasn't a drone, it was um, cameras on the, <coughs> on the cable, something oh. like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's making really good pictures. And he had this idea to put um, cameras on the mic. Like a little GoPro. Oh, okay. Yeah, for the host. And so you can have some pictures about you going stage and turning around. So you had to sort of like, as you were holding the mic, point it outwards. Was a or do you just device. see like their mouth and nose? Yeah, and no, no, yeah, yeah. Extreme, extreme close up. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, it sounds like how many how many partners have you do you have in total for this place? And what's kind of the the breakdown of partners in terms of like how they were chosen and what skills it sounds like they also bring a uh, unique skill set they're making a team yeah, yeah. Our, we are six and uh, all friends that's mm -hmm. the way we want to do it it's like uh, it's a bunch of friends making uh, making a, a business and um, you, have, you need skills and you need money Mm -hmm. It was like uh, for investing, and uh, when we booked this camera, when we uh, we 
make this single wave of working in it because when we took out the bar it was costing money and uh, we asked for people there is someone who want to put money in the comedy club so oh, yes 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 okay cool and um, talk about skills there is Remy for the uh, all the producing skills of videos yeah. uh, Kevin it's uh, like the French shaman of stand-up it's <laughs> like okay. this guy is 100% of on jokes is doing nothing more. But he's, nothing always, he's always on. Yeah, he's yeah, like always on and is uh, watching every set, every gigs, analyzing everything. When, when was this guy's name? Kevin. That was Kevin. Yeah, that was Kevin. Uh, <coughs> Maxim is an artistic guy. He's yeah. making all the decoration you can see there. It's uh, him who decide to take chairs. We have nothing in common. In common. Yeah. And uh, all the communication skills. Mm -hmm. So funny your your chairs with nothing in common because that was a big de design discussion when we were talking about the new club because we needed chairs and we we're like oh maybe we can make this work and it, like we were talking with Michelle Wolf at the time and she's like there's a way to make it look right you know to get mm -hmm. vintage chairs and make it look yeah right. to have it like an eclectic but cool but uh, which you kind of nailed yeah. I mean, this is exactly the kind of thing that she was talking about, mm -hmm. that we feel that. Yeah. <laughs> the first day, it was a failure. Yeah. Because when you bring all the stuff in, but you know, no, just in a pile, we saw that. So, Maxime, what is this shit, man? <laughs> what is this shit? When you saw this kind of chair, with like uh, yeah. four, four in it, so, I don't want to sit in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when you put it together, arrange it, and say, oh, fuck, it's nice. The carpet and everything. Actually, the carpet idea it was it was for um, uh, but less paint in the floor because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, floor paint is expensive. So we say that hey, just put carpet and paint around. Well, this carpet. platform was here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a big deal because uh, we lost some place in it, and uh, we are thinking about to take it uh, off, but it's too no. much work. Yeah. Too much work. Um, I think the carpet sort of ties it all together quite nicely as well. It's like a running, running theme that makes it all feel like part of the same thing. Um, we've got some more money questions that are less specific <laughs> than, than how much you're making. Um, but what are, what, are your, what are the best expenses that you have? What are the expenses that you have that you're like, oh, that's such good value, I'm getting such a Should good return? On that, <laughs> uh, yeah. Can you think of any popcorn machine? Oh yeah, the popcorn machine is huge, popcorn. huge, Honestly, huge. Yeah. But you're yeah. doing a lot of other food and stuff already. Yeah, you know, you're making popcorn. popcorn, is, uh, popcorn? For us. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow, lot of lot of money in corn. Dude, <laughs> corn's big business. <laughs> the king of corn. A little bit of context. Matt in his set last night, he, there was a thirteen-year-old in the audience, and he wanted to talk about porn. Yeah, uh, but it was a really it was a beautiful moment. But so he, he started talking about corn instead of porn and how it was big and juicy and delicious and yeah. he wanted to fuck it and stuff like that. Uh, you just want to feel the corn inside. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big moment. Uh, so about about the <coughs> what do you ask the the biggest spend we have the, 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 the thing that you way. spend money on that you're yeah. just very happy every time you spend money on it you're like fuck yes uh, okay um, the artistic the way we lame pay the boo no, 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 no. boo what kind of business answer yeah. is that uh, so, yeah. so holy hippie paying the comedians yeah paying the comedians and the artistic stuff tech. Oh, stuff. you pay yeah. the comedians. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so French that. comedians. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can speak a little bit of French, so maybe ten euros something. Like okay, that, yeah. dude, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. It's um, not too late, John. You can say some French words. Uh, bonjour, ça va? Okay. Je voudrais money. <laughs> Five euros, no more. <laughs> um, that is nice. So, do you, who do you bring in? Like, wh where are you finding your comedians? Ah, um, so we have a lot of comedians, it's not actually. We are the second city for comedy uh, in France. Really? We have a big, big history for stand up comedy in France. Uh, oh, but you yeah. didn't have a club? Uh, no, 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 because uh, we, are the, we, were, we are the second one 
outside Paris, yeah. actually, because uh, everything come, come in late in France, you know. Uh, you have to have it all around the world, and oh, after it's France. So, by the second stand-up comedy in France, like, who decided that? And, and why? Is there, like, a lot of well-known non comedians uh, that were going to Paris regularly or, or uh, because uh, the game was in Paris so if you wanted to su be successful in stand-up comedy you had to go in Paris mm -hmm. there is no other way and uh, after they start to make uh, one in uh, Marseille Quentin that you met yeah, yeah. yesterday and uh, we were working on this place uh, to be the first one uh, two months before we open they were opening and ah, shit but still good and um, we found our comedians so in Nantes and after uh, we moved a lot to go in Paris, making some gigs, performing and we met other comedians and said, hey, come in Nantes and uh, after they talk about uh, us to some friends and something like that and um, we are not focused especially on the level of famous and celebrity uh, we are happy when they come in but uh, we want uh, friends. We want to to be happy to come in, to enjoy, to laugh before to on stage. And um, yeah. if you have two comedians at the same level, we take our, our friends. Not um, the guy who is really good on stage, but no friendly and uh, yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I I get it. It totally makes sense. But I would worry that you fall into the trap of getting your friends like it's always easiest to get your friends because you like talk with them anyway right and then you just then i feel like there's a danger that people that are new to comedy or people that are maybe coming from outside or people that just aren't good at being social but maybe are good at doing comedy then get excluded so you're, you're not i don't know necessarily taking the the, the best acts Does that's that why sense? we are three for deciding but uh, Maxime is the uh, main leader of programmation, so mm -hmm. I fully trust, uh, trust him. But me and Kevin, we are watching, um, make sure that won't happen. And uh, me and the Dark Vador of stand-up comedy said, no, man, no, 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 no. You just roll people out, you yeah, just yeah, put yeah. a cross across them. Yeah, so sometimes um, I look at the, the gig and if there is a bad performing or something like that, it's my job to go say, guys, now you have to work, give you one month and you can come back. And do you have a, like a, a pipeline for people? Do you have, I don't know, like an open mic or are all your shows basically professional comedy shows where people are 90, expected to 90% of are professional and uh, we have open mics. Uh, usually, uh, the, uh, I'm trouble with the name of the, of the day, uh, yesterday was Friday, Friday. Uh, Friday night and 10 and a half p.m. and uh, we're gonna have one tonight and uh, 10 and a half p.m. and it's free for the audience okay. and coming yeah. just having a beer uh, glass and after it's uh, money in the art for the artist. Oh, nice. Yeah, they, yeah, they nice. can give what they want because we can make sure that the show gonna be good so we tell the people if yeah, you enjoy true. it you give money if you didn't yeah, in Barcelona, we've seen those those shows sometimes make more money than ticket sales. Yeah, yeah. Well, Andy basically is, is doing that for one show in fact, and he's like, "Yeah, I make I make more money than I would if I was trying to charge five euro tickets. It's easy to get people in the door, um, yeah. and he's Bum obviously shelter, he's yeah. a, he's a pro, you know. So he he frames it right. Bomb shelter used to do that. Feels like yeah. ten euro tickets though. Like now we're selling out ten euro tickets, so probably not. You're not going to get no six hundred euros in donations. Are you? No, probably not. For this, you need two things: uh, good communication that you have to, because now no one gets some cash, and uh, oh, yeah, yeah. that's a big deal for that. So you want the people know that they're gonna need some cash. Uh, get a card reader. Yeah, get a card reader. Now, because card reader, uh, you need to pay tax. You need an income. Bite the bullet, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have Lydia. It's an app on the uh, on yeah. the cell phone. 
but uh, but it's he doesn't want to be paying the tax for them. It just becomes a whole nightmare when you're like, oh yeah, you can you can tip the comedians with card, and then it all goes through your books, and you like just shelling out money that you then if, have if to later take, shell out more money for. You know? I feel like this is a debate we've had. Uh, if we, if in France, if you take the money yeah. from the cards, you can't just give it to the comedian. You have to hire them, make a contract, and uh, pay like fifty uh, percent of charge. Like uh, if uh, have to yeah. Have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If well, you like, can really just bear the tax, but we no. can't. Like we just no. no we like can't. if you get a hundred euros in tips, then you pay out seventy. And well, yeah. I mean, we do. Like, so Ollie Horn did his work in progress show, and he's like, "Look, how does it work if people want to? If only they have card and they want a tip." And I said, "Look, we can give you fifty percent cash." And the reason I'm giving you that number is because I don't want to do it. I don't want it to complicate yeah. everything. It's like worth it for me at that level but not not otherwise and I'm like I'm apologetic about it because I know it's a shitty deal for him but it's it's a shitty deal for us as well to do anything other than that I can't believe Ollie doesn't have his own card reader um yeah I mean comedians if you're going to do work in progress shows or free shows or whatever it is you should definitely have your own card reader it's very easy I mean Kelly has one Andy has one Uh, for him he, he will say it's like absolutely a game changer uh Luis I don't think has one or maybe he got one recently Oh, um, I thought he'd had yeah. one for a while. Yeah. It's better for comedian if you are doing your own shows or own specials. Mm. Yeah, you can you can use it because it's going straight to your totally. account. So, yeah. But if it's going to the comedy club account and we want to take it out, you have to say to the accountant where the money is. And yeah. Yeah, for paying the comedian, yeah, you need the contract. You need and, 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 and it's friends, guys. It's not. Uh, not as easy in maybe in Spain or England. Not as laissez-faire as Spain. Yeah. Nice. Adapter for all the comedians. Spain is exactly the same as this, by yeah. the way. No, this, this is identical to what we have to deal with. There's no... In New Zealand, you, if you had expenses, and you, you could look at your bank account and just be like, oh, that was this, that was this, that was this. But here, you, there's, no, there's no doing that. You have to have the receipt, and you have to be like, it was specifically for this. And if it's, if it's a comedian, they have to send you something, some kind of factura. Yeah, bill or, or a contract. So yeah, cash. Cash is king. That's it, cash is king. So you need to get the people knows that bring cash. cash and after you have to uh, educate the audience because they're gonna come and oh, I had no idea oh, I don't know and after when they are used to sometimes they just spend 20 euros yeah. each and yes. it's more than the ticket show yeah you get them in the right mood where they're on that like that high after a show they've just been laughing their heads off they've had a few drinks and you give them they're the trying to impress their girl the bucket know. speech I think this show is worth 10 euros if you think if you had a good time and you think it's worth more, well, I'm not going to argue. You know, yeah. that's your decision to make. Um, <laughs> Anybody that's been through the fringe, I think, has. And if you don't give ten euros, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, I think it is educating the audience as well because I feel like we really butted our heads against this for a long, long time at craft, and we obviously didn't have the best bucket speeches, but but. I don't know, it just felt like people came and they were like, yeah, it's a few coins, and they were just quite stubborn in that attitude. Um, yeah, hard to, by the end of, I don't know, uh, we had like 100 euro nights of craft. It was, it was just very variable. Mm-hmm. It was a variable show in Paris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're living in a time where everything feels for free, you know? can have free movies on internet, free videos. Uh, so it starts to get normal for the people to get something for free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're oh, okay, it's free for, for nothing. No, 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 you have to give something. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, a, sure. it's a deal. Oh. But most people seem, they, they know the game, they seem willing to pay. You, you'd hope yeah. so. I certainly think, like, so I was working as a tour guide doing free tours that they label free tours everywhere. But, like, most people that go on a free tour these days have been on one before, and every single time the guide is going to ask for money and mm-hmm. ask for money forcefully. Basically, be like, look, guys, I know it's a free tour, but this is my full time job. I don't get paid for it. In fact, I have to pay to do this. I pay for advertising and all this kind of thing. Um, so, if you thought it was worth nothing, that's okay, never come back again. <laughs> uh, this, yeah, this 
I hate the bucket speech that goes, it's free to enter, but you have to pay to leave. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. It's a so overused. It's a fit to the I think coins is making noise. Yeah. It's a thing sweet. Yeah, I can't have strong arms. Um, yeah, and honestly, it seems like so I don't like uh, trapping people as they go out. Seems like an effective strategy that I don't like very much. Yeah. Where there's like one exit and you're like bodyguard style sitting there with your bucket and people yeah. have to like push past you in order to not give you money. I don't know, maybe that's just yeah. something that you have to deal with. Um, but I call this trap. Yeah. So, no, no. And just put free on the show. If you put on the advertisement, free show, it's a free show. Yeah, you want to basically say, look, if you, if you felt like it was good, if you have money, if you want to give money, please give money. Yeah. But it is, it's free, like if you can't afford it and you just want a free show, we love having you in the audience and we love that you were here to like listen to our jokes and laugh at our jokes and stuff. We should organize some free shows at other bars just to make money. Yeah. Actually, it's a good thing. It's a good thing because uh, when you go uh, outside your comedy club to making some shows, you can think, oh, we're gonna lose some people in the audience for our place, but it's a. Uh, yeah, uh, actually. Yeah, because actually, yeah. some people living really far from your comedy club gonna meet you and say, oh, there will be English comedy. Huh? Yeah. And after the show in the other bar, say, and we have a comedy club, the comedy club house, come to see us, and uh, it's bringing people. Yeah, I've been seriously considering starting like an open mic somewhere that's not the clubhouse. Yeah. Oh, so really? Then, yeah, I, I like the idea of it, and I think... Don't shit where you eat. <laughs> kind of. I, like, I love the freedom of, of, of being on stage yesterday and just, like, tumbling through the set, you know? Yeah. Just not even, like, just... just being the lack of responsibility yeah just feeling free to yeah. kind of like bounce off of people and say something like edgy or whatever and just if you get a bad response being like well fuck you i'm a comedian you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah and also just not having the uh responsibility looming like the the, the <laughs> latent stress level that that sort of exists with, yeah, with being that's there funny. it's tricky because People can't really see it, you know, this mm -hmm. kind of loop, said loop, uh, all the responsibility of you have to be awake every time. Yeah, so, no, they don't, nobody no, knows. No, no, nobody knows because you can't really see it. For them, you are just here behind the bar, having yeah. fun, but you're always aware. So, okay. I think it's a lot like hosting a party. You yeah, know, exactly. Your exactly. And you, you're responsible that everybody has fun, everything stays clean, everybody gets what they want. Mm -hmm. And the whole time you're also supposed to be playing the role of comedian and yeah, you know, bartender or someone to throw up on your carpet. Yeah. <laughs> well, and if something breaks or gets spilled, you have to go and clean it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Action, or make sure it gets done. So you can be one hundred percent of your jokes on your on your gigs, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. Someone called me a misanthrope the other day. Oh really? Because I was just telling them some rules that existed, and they're like, "You, you seem I, like a misanthrope." I think they mispronounced misogynist. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. It feels like a kind of a some stupid, misanthropic thing to say is to be like, "You seem like a dick." Is the person that's accusing somebody else of being a misanthrope kind of misanthropic themselves? I feel like that's the case. Anyway. Anyway, I could see running your own mic being a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And some other bar, oof. at this point, <laughs> yeah, man, Jesus. Ripping to the decor. Yeah, it doesn't, nothing matters. You don't have to worry, but you just rock up with your bucket mm -hmm. and like yeah. say, let's go. Yeah, that'd be, yeah. That's, that sounds kind of yeah. But after fun. you perform in front of people, sometimes wasn't there for that. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's a that's, that, that used to be all of our shows in Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. great. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy it. I love fighting those crowds sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, me, it's my nightmare. Where did we have that? I did a show recently and it was kind of like that. Uh, well, I wouldn't, I shouldn't, even if I can remember what it was, I should just say what it is. Just mention it. Yeah. Cheers, <laughs> um, okay. I'm making think about it, something for the audience where they are not here for your shows. I made my special. It was my first one for the second one. It's not clear, but. Uh, uh, it was a new special, and I wanted to make it not here, you know, don't cheat where you eat. So mm -hmm. I took it in the bar, 
and uh, I go in. Don't call your comedy shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> That's my job. And um, I go into the bar. I said, "Fuck, fuck, it's full. Oh, it's amazing, like 80 people." And actually, there were 20 people for me, and they were birthday. <laughs> Upstairs, like you know, something that you can see the people, and there were music on, uh, everyone drunk, and I had to turn the music off to go on stage and say, "Hey, no, it's gonna be me for no hour." And I can't, you can't tell them to shut the fuck up, you know, no. because they, they were. They saw with the barman, say, I want to do my birthday. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, this place, go with your 50 friends. And, well, the comedians won't care, you know. And I was there, so it was a fucking headache. Yeah. Because I had to perform. The 20 people in front was like... And you're trying to record that? No, no, okay. no, 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 I give up. It's, it's going to be just one hour of pain. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I'm going through like for 45 minutes, and after I give up, I say, Hey guys, thank you for coming. Uh, it's for the bucket, so <laughs> give really what you want. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a big no, deal. No, no judgment. No, I get no judgment. I get it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, any, any, yeah, any, any last questions? I can probably can wrap up soon. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to know how you're deciding what to post on social media. You said you have to be very, very careful about the stuff you put out there because everyone sees you and everyone, everyone changes your face. But at the moment, we're putting out whatever uh, and seeing how that. So how are you thinking about that as a problem? That's the uh, biggest question we have right now because uh, with the new camera, uh, we have stuff and um, uh, we are looking for quality, but we want people to go on our Instagram to see some contents. Mm -hmm. We don't want uh, our latest uh, social media with for the other night. Uh, what all of advertisement, advertisement, go, yeah. we are full, go, go, new, new, and we want this like a Netflix for uh, non stand up. Uh, we want people to go, hey, let's go. Let's check this uh, yeah, Instagram, it's so cool. We have a lot, there is a lot of stand-up, uh, really, really good. So sometimes it's hard to say to someone, hey, I have this video, can I put it? No. Mm -hmm. No, it's not good enough and uh, we want more. Even for me, I don't have a video good enough to put on my own comedy club <laughs> page. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little bit uh, annoying, but... Uh, <laughs> so do you put it on your personal page? You kind of like, oh, one day I'll get there? No, no, no. The only thing I have in my personal page is uh, a stuff I made in Barcelona. Today. Oh, really? Because they were um, Olga. Mm -hmm. They came to, to film us and it was perfect alignment of luck. Like the, I was good on stage, you know, no parasitic world. People were really good, a lot of love and uh, the uh, quality of the movie is really nice. Cool. Oh, yes. Yeah, shout out Olga Comanche. Uh, but we, uh, on TikToks, we decide to put a lot of shit. Oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah, like yeah, a fair right. testing yeah. ground, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we try on TikTok, we see what's working. We don't working. much stand up on any of our channels. No, we yet. don't. Not yet. I'm going to experiment. Actually, I'm going to take the video footage 4K. Good sound quality <laughs> video footage that they do for every single show here at Micro Comedy Club. I'm going to edit down my sets from yesterday and, and put up a lot of clips, I think, from it. Um, yeah, so you can put it on your Instagram. 1,000 euros <coughs> on uh, Outwide for that. Thank you. Because it's a lot of. One, uh, one hour video, it's 200 uh, gigs. Yeah, that's an expensive thing that we would and like. It's a price and for a fish pump. Yeah, yeah, we could have two piss blocks for that price. <laughs> we'll see, that's something we would love to have soon, and I think it could be the, the most important piece, piece of uh, indirect marketing that we... That we and actually, um, Wheels, I think stand-up is really good. I don't like the um, you know, long video of three or five minutes of stand-ups, no. because when you're on social media, you want... Mm. scroll up and something and reels for one and or two minutes, minutes. It's, it's perfect it's perfect you don't spoil so much materials so maybe sometimes just one or two jokes but people see your face your name you see if uh, they like it they can follow you back and, totally. uh, and uh, 
not five or six a full set and after it's online and uh, you spoil it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, let's let's go over the show last night real quick. Yeah, just sure. before we wrap up. So Yoan invited us out, flew us out in fact, put us up in a nice apartment um, to perform here at the Micro Comedy Club. And the first show sold out, right? Fifty-five. Yeah, yeah fifty-five. Then uh, they so they made another show at ten thirty, and that one almost sold out. We sold like forty-five. Yeah. Sell out. Yeah. It's a sellout. So we sold out both shows. Uh, <coughs> great audience. First time English comedy has been done in Nantes. Uh, Johan opened the first show and opened the second half of the second. Did great, by the way. No, oh, thank you. you thank those you. jokes, fuck. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That first show, you both, you and the Basil, with your openings were killer. You had great responses. I see. It really surprised me because it was uh, me. I made English comedy. Yeah. In, uh, You've done clubhouse. it before. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it was some jokes I write. Uh, I wrote in the in the clubhouse. But uh, Basil, it was really his first time. And when he asked me, I said, you have five minutes, but don't be forced to do five yeah, minutes. Yeah. If you want to do less, it's okay. And when I said, I said, fuck, it works. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it good. Great. Uh, and the organization of it was amazing as well. It was, um, so it was run, organized by a group of master's students that are doing mm -hmm. uh, event planning. And they all had to choose a different event to promote. So these these students chose uh, English comedy and not, <laughs> and they treated us well. It was really lovely yeah. uh, to meet them, and to, we were super appreciative of what they did. And they brought us a gift basket, yep. which felt felt very nice. It felt like we were getting treated like comedians deserve to be treated. Yeah, we really um, got to treat our comics. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna uh, one day. Nice. Make them feel special. What would you put in a Barcelona gift basket? Condoms, a couple <laughs> syringes, yeah. a little bag of weed. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, grand yeah. weed, definitely. Yeah, in Barcelona. Yeah, for our spotlight performers, we have a comedy condo, and then they come and we'll just have a little welcome bag of whatever. Do we have more mugs? I wonder if we, um, should we need to invest something with our logo. We need, you mean, you we, merch. we need merch. Yeah. We need merch. We had we had mugs for a okay. time. Okay. Because there is there is when so we we moved into this new location. There was some fear that the cops would come, and we don't actually have a liquor license. We have a association license, and so we were gonna hide all of our drinks in mugs and teacups. I was a little more paranoid back then. Yeah. Like the prohibition uh, mm -hmm. in the exactly. U.S. Well, and now it's tea. <laughs> the club is really kind of set up. Like that, like a speakeasy. There's supposed to be a false front. It's supposed to look like a shop, a bodega, and then you go behind a curtain, and then you're into the actual club. Uh, the execution of this design and plan. We're getting to it. Yeah, slowly. Uh, yeah, a fake product bodega is still a cool idea that would be fun to Man. execute well. I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but they've stolen our fake products. Oh they really? They stole the fuck off. No. Yeah, we have fuck off remover. Alright, it's, it's fuck off. It's a fuck remover. If you find yourself with too many fucks to give, try fuck off today. Mm. Somebody fucking stole it. You can like spray it on yeah. vegans and stuff when yeah. it's a little It's pretty okay. cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but the point is, yeah, we gotta... This, this trip has just reminded us, given us a little kick in the butt about the stuff we gotta get done. But I'm kind of I'm kind of refreshed. I'm kind of stoked to get back into it. Yeah, I was happy to be away. Always happy to go back to Barcelona. Yeah. Um, it's a nice idea. I love it. Oh, and those poor kids have a killer weekend that they're manning without us. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. It's going to be hectic for Harvey. Shout out to Harvey as well. Just fucking, yeah. what a trooper. He's and Bartman, working Bart. silently under Harvey's thumb. <laughs> Who is leading at the comedy club right now? Uh, where uh, we have yeah. a bartender that's in charge, this guy Harvey. Okay. He's very, very empowered, you know, he just, he said to me yesterday, can you just send me the cleaner's number? I was like, yep, absolutely, and he'll sort it out and do what needs to be done, and, you know, he'll tell Bart what to do, and he's kind of, he, he has a very good uh, top-level view of what's going on for yeah. the weekend. Bart, Bart's a good worker, though. Absolutely. Yeah. A little too flirtatious at times, but, you know, he, <laughs> just, he jumps in when it's needed and doesn't ask for anything. Like on Mondays, he helps me out a lot. Yeah, yeah, no, he's a... We've got a good team around us. Hannah's videos this week have been fucking cool. There's been a lot of them, and we love them at least. Again, let us know if you like them or not. There's about five of them. Let us know which one your favorite one was. Hint, Matt, dancing. You won. 
Did I? Well, at the moment you're winning. We did a, a, a competition where we both posted the same video, but one of us <laughs> dancing and then the other one dancing. And at the moment, Matt is winning. He's got uh, a couple more likes than me. And there was a TikTok dance. Yeah, yeah that's one, exactly. Uh, did you like that? Yeah, yeah I like uh, your videos. It's uh. It's not. It wasn't too harsh. The the tagline: "Don't be an idiot. Come to no, no, no. No, It's no, not no. nearly as harsh as yeah. the tagline of the next video we're going to post on Monday. Is that fucking nerd? Oh, is it? <laughs> I thought that posted already. No, I'm going to post them under. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. Anyway. Great. This has been great. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for Another me. big thanks shout out and thank you to yeah. Johan of Micro Comedy Club in Nantes. If you find yourself in Nantes, uh, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but go, go, go to his club. Uh, shout him out. Uh, follow them on TikTok and Instagram. Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. It's a professional. <laughs> no one cares. Yeah. So thanks again, Johan. Uh, this has been Constructing the Clubhouse. I've been Dr. Uh, I've been John Ellis. Peace, everyone.